The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Oh, sweetheart, look, if you don't feel well, please go back to bed. I'm just a little tired, that's all. I wish somebody would find a vaccine. It's all we're working on at the lab, Verge. Maybe you better not send her to school today. All right. You... You think you should go to work? I have to. Oh, Bob. Bob. I'm so frightened. Everything's going to be all right, sweetheart. <laughs> Welcome everyone. It is Thursday, December 17th, 2020. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be According to a mainstream AM radio news report I heard this past Monday, Canada has already begun administering so-called COVID-19 vaccines to Canadians. And the first person in Canada to be so vaccinated was an 89-year-old woman living in a long-term residence in Quebec. She was quoted as saying how much she looked forward to the end of the lockdowns, social distancing, and masking, and that she took the vaccine so that she would be able to have her family see her again. Now, I wonder if anyone told her that getting a vaccine will not end her isolation or any of the rules. Officials are now saying that it will be at least until mid-summer before they can lighten up on the controls, and that's assuming that most Canadians will have taken the vaccine by then. Now, I have to tell you folks, I have heard nothing good about the so-called vaccines on the way, even from its proponents. More interestingly, these so-called vaccines apparently are not vaccines at all, but something else entirely different. And here's the weirdest part. The very people pushing the vaccines are telling us that they will not protect against COVID-19. They will not prevent anyone from either getting the virus or spreading it. And most importantly, getting the vaccine will not be a means for anyone to be freed from having to wear masks or social distance or even from getting constant vaccines in the future. Are you hearing this? So say the very people who are administering these vaccines. I I mean, you know, a vaccine for which it must be stressed, there's no reason to administer to anyone. Vaccines are a topic, I have to tell you, I've really been avoiding. Mostly due to the fact that as long as taking them was voluntary and subject to informed consent, the risks of doing so fall upon the individuals who get them and the doctors who administer them. But now, because of the clearly intended eventuality of forced vaccination, I too am forced to enter the fray. Now, of course, those rolling out the vaccine are insisting that they are voluntary. But we've already had a good year of knowing how much we can trust them on their words and promises. I mean, they've been lying to us since day one. And I think that's the very reason for the latest round of lockdowns and the rushed rollout of the vaccines, as we shall investigate right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at www.justrightmedia.org where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and our archive broadcasts. And as always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. 
Well, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool us all constantly. Well, shame on all those fools. And last week I reviewed many of the comments and opinions of those who I consider the COVID idiots. Those who've been fooled into believing that the lockdowns mandated mask wearing and now vaccines are the solution to a pandemic that doesn't even exist. The hysteria and frenzy with which governments around the world are rolling out untested and experimental drugs that they're calling vaccines, but don't appear to be so, is telling. It is accumulation of plans they've been announcing and discussing for over a year publicly and for decades in relatively more restricted forms, but still available to the public. This is not about COVID-19. It's about Agenda 2020, the Great Reset, the U.S. election, China, vaccine distribution, and much more. And I think that one of the reasons for the frenzy with vaccines right now is to head off what seems to be a mounting resistance, and particularly the wave coming from the healthcare professionals, who increasingly can no longer just stand by as they witness governments and bureaucrats enacting the most outrageous and inappropriate reactions to a virus that these people can possibly imagine. Now, I'm no expert in the field of vaccines. I don't pretend to be. So I've decided to do something a little different on today's show. I'm going to devote the greatest bulk of our airtime today to the voices who are constantly being censored by both the mainstream media and by the usual social media giants who are the main propagandists pushing an opposite narrative. Over the past week or so, there was an online video called Ask the Experts that went viral, and of course, the social media giants immediately censored and deplatformed it. Why? Because the half hour or so video featured some 32 doctors and healthcare experts from around the world, each independently expressing their personal warnings against taking the vaccine now being rolled out. Because they've had their voices and opinions hidden and censored from public view, I decided that in addition to featuring our usual audio bites and bumper breaks to devote most of my own airtime to a sampling of these voices because I really don't have that much more to offer on the topic of vaccines other than some other possible broader observations and a few conclusions along the way. For example, here's the first of the doctors who appeared in the Ask the Experts video. My name is Andrew Kaufman. I'm a medical doctor and board-certified forensic psychiatrist. This pandemic is not a real medical pandemic. The COVID-19 vaccine is not proven safe or effective because there has not been enough time. In addition, there is not a clear definition of any new disease for which it can be tested against. There has not been a virus that has been purified or shown to be the cause of an illness. Thus, there is no target for a vaccine. However, the bottom line is that since no additional deaths have occurred in relation to a new disease, there is simply no need for a new vaccine. Funny that Dr. Kaufman should say that no new deaths have occurred. Yet my daily mainstream newspapers say the exact opposite. The deaths are mounting by the thousands daily, they tell us. U.S. readies roll out a vaccine as deaths soar reads a December 12th National Post headline, quote, another 2,902 U.S. deaths were reported on Thursday, a day after a record 3,253 people died, a pace projected to continue for the next few months, even with a rapid rollout of the vaccine developed by Pfizer, which could start as soon as Monday, end quote. 
Well, no, that's a coincidence, isn't it? That's the same day the vaccines began to be administered in Canada. Funny how that always works out that way. Again, I have to note, notice how they're using these figures, 2,902 deaths, 3,253. Out of how many? What kind of stat is that? That's meaningless. Out of, out of a million? 300 million? 500 million? Are these normal stats? Deaths due to what? It just says deaths. And here's a familiar voice to our show, who also appeared in the Ask the Experts video, the UK's Dr. Vernon Coleman. Doctors aren't allowed to question COVID-19 in public. Material containing the truth about the alleged disease and the vaccine is banned. In the last year, I've been demonized and lied about, and a 50-year career and reputation trashed by those promoting a pandemic that never was and a vaccine that was never needed. The whole COVID-19 scam is, as I said in March 2020, the greatest hoax in history. The principle of informed consent is essential in medicine, but patients now having vaccines can't give informed consent because they aren't being informed. Informed consent? <laughs> What's that all about? Well, it's an issue that also concerns the person we're about to hear in our upcoming bumper break. Coming up next, Polly St. George, as heard on her December 9th Amazing Polly show, wherein she warns about the vaccines currently being rolled out. Like me, she dedicated most of her show to many of the other voices being censored because they are credible and authoritative voices sending a warning about both the vaccines and the whole pandemic itself. I think there's hundreds of millions of people who are being led down the garden path by the very, very few experts that are being talked to on the news with regards to the safety of this COVID vaccine. They're starting the rollout. The first people got the injections today in the UK. The alarm bells went off when the first guy to get the vaccine, his name is allegedly William Shakespeare. I think this is part of their PR campaign. I think this is uh, trying to give people a sense that they're going to make history if they participate in willfully, willingly, consensually getting this vaccine put into their bodies with this experimental technology. This is a technology. Think of it that way, rather than a serum, rather than uh, preventive medicine. This vaccine has never been tried before, ever in the world, and it skipped many of the usual vaccine safety protocols. They have no way of telling you, or anyone, what the long-term effects are, because they just developed it. I don't want this to be a case of six months, a year, two years, three years from now seeing tragic news stories of hundreds of thousands of people who ended up paralyzed or worse from this vaccine. And I don't want to watch them all pretend that they had no idea <clears throat> of how dangerous it was. I don't want to see that because there are thousands upon thousands of experts speaking out warning not to use this vaccine. What's happening, of course, is they're being censored, mostly just by ignoring them. But in some cases, these people have had their livelihoods threatened, their lives threatened, 
they've been put in jail or men mental institutions. They've certainly been censored off the entire internet and all of the mainstream media, minus some dark little corners. I want to help them who have been censored get their message out to everybody, as many people as I can, before it's too late. You see, the medical community loves to talk about this thing called informed consent. Coronavirus messaging has been everywhere. It's all been one-sided. It's been pushing everyone to do what the authorities say and listen blindly to the experts. That's what the message has been. And, and the message has been wear a mask, stay at home, put this toxic hand sanitizer and sanitizers everywhere you go, and most importantly, get the vaccine. That's what they want from you. I want everyone to know that there is another choice besides getting the vaccine. It's calling their bluff. It's making them listen to these experts. It's this knowledge snowballing so that we are informed wherever we go and we can get together with our fellow men and rip our masks off, sit across the tables from each other, encourage small businesses to reopen and demand that the airlines get their heads out of their rear ends and let us travel like they always have. Because not only do these experts, who I'm going to show you today, claim all sorts of things about the vaccines and the, and the masks using evidence from their experience, but they also almost uniformly say that there is no pandemic going on. There is nothing more dangerous going on than a regular flu season, okay? So let's start this journey through the people who are speaking the truth to you that the media and the pharma companies don't want you to hear. Start with Del Bigtree. Del Bigtree made this movie Vaxxed years ago, a couple years ago at least. And of course, it was trashed and censored. You can still find it, but the mainstream media will tell you not to watch it. It's dangerous. Stay away from it. And it will be deranked, delisted from search engines making it more and more impossible for anyone to find it. Del Bigtree, who produced it, um, is, is an expert on these matters. He's been censored from YouTube, he's been centered, censored from other platforms, and of course, the mainstream media and the politicians will not take seriously what he has to say. But he's someone you can look to if you want to find the truth, or at least the other side of what's going on with vaccines and the vaccine industry. Dr. Judy Mikovits was a virologist and early on in the coronavirus um, pandemic, quote unquote, she came out and, and spoke out against Dr. Fauci saying that he is a criminal. He falsifies documents. He, he pushes treatments that are unsafe and many other things. She wrote a book called Plague of Corruption. She was um, in this documentary called Plandemic. She's someone else that got smeared and censored heavily by the machine that doesn't want you to know the truth. This is an organization, the Great Barrington Declaration by, as you can see, at that count, which was yesterday, 
12,686 medical and public health scientists and 38,000 medical practitioners who are speaking out against the reaction to COVID, saying that it is an enormous overreaction. Lockdowns and maskings and the rest of it are not safe nor warranted. That's a lot of people. And a group of 500 German medical doctors say COVID-19 is a scam. The whole reaction is a power grab and that we do not need to be doing what we're doing in arrest in um, in reaction to it. So how many thousands, how many tens of thousands are we up to now? Um, Heiko Schoening, who is the leader of this group here, went to speak at a rally in London, England, and he was arrested. He was released shortly after, but the arrest served to um, cast a pall on the rest of the speaking event, and he did not get to speak. Early on in the coronavirus pandemic, a uh, professor, a uh, Nobel Prize winning chemist and Stanford professor Michael Levitt spoke out and said that we will not see high fatalities from the coronavirus. He was canceled and censored. Wolfgang Wodark has been um, active in keeping tabs on overreach of public health for a really long time. He helped to prevent um, the hoax that was the 2009 swine flu pandemic. Susharit Bakhti is from Germany. He's a virologist. From the beginning, he has said, this: the PCR tests for the to, to find the virus are a hoax. They don't work at all. Lockdowns are crazy. Masking is crazy. The whole reaction is totally unnecessary. And recently, he was on uh, American television, and he said that taking the vaccine equals going to your doom. Dr. Michael Yeadon, who um, among other things was formerly, formerly with the drug company Pfizer, says the government experts are ignoring good science. The PCR tests cannot detect infection. Masks and lockdown are an overreaction. The, stats, the statistics and models they're using are faulty. And he does not want these vaccine studies to continue. He's calling for a moratorium on them. Uh, in part because he believes they might cause infertility and sterility. Early on as well, there was another professor, Ionitis, and he said that the, the, the deaths from this thing was not anything to worry about. Yes, take precautions, but it's no worse than the common flu. Over in England, we have judges and lords from the House of Lords. There's Lady Hale and uh, Lord Sumption, both speaking out against the illegality of the measures and the overreaction to this so-called pandemic. There's a group of doctors who have been studying the effects of masks and the effectiveness of masks, and they have found many, many details that you might be interested in. These masks are not harmless at all to your body. In fact, they could be very, very detrimental to your physical health, especially children, but others as well. And we're talking about cognitive uh, problems, massive skin problems, lung problems, bacterial pneumonias are on the rise. And uh, that is likely in part because of the environment created by keeping a bacteria-filled moist mask against your face for whole days. In Canada, we have Dr. Roger Hodkinson speaking out. 
we have Dr. Kulvinder Kaur speaking out and her group, I believe it's her group, Your Ontario Doctors. We have a group of hospital workers in Alberta who together wrote a letter that Karen Dixon read to an anti-lockdown protest the other day on December 5th. It's very moving and it's very full. It, it, it addresses everything that's going on in the hospitals and it's quite shocking. I got goosebumps listening to it actually because the facts are just so compelling. And that's just a small sampling of the many doctors and professionals who are beginning to speak out against how governments around the world have been handling this whole pandemic. That again was Polly St. George from her December 9th bit shoot presentation and a show on which she too featured some of the experts from the Ask the Experts video that was so quickly hidden from view by the major media. And here are a few more voices from that video. I'm Dr. Kevin Corbett, a retired registered nurse and health scientist in the United Kingdom. The COVID vaccines are not proven safe or effective. COVID is not a real medical epidemic. The vaccines use synthetic products that will alter your genes, allow monitoring of your vaccination status and produce dangerous chemical reactions. Scientists are therefore demanding that all COVID vaccinations be immediately stopped. The real epidemic is fear and hysteria. It started in China and quickly spread via the World Health Organization. The hysteria was accelerated by corporations who gained financially through selling fast-tracked, flawed medical tests, toxic antiviral drugs, and now unproven and potentially dangerous vaccines. Standard precautions which normally protect the public have been disregarded due to ignorance, hysteria and profits. For example, the vaccines have not undergone proper phase three tests. The COVID test, the PCR, is fatally flawed. It was never examined in the standard way by the United Kingdom National Health Service, and it should never have been used on sick people or those with no symptoms. You can read about the flaws in the PCR test at www.cormandrostonreview.com. My name is Dr. Carrie Made. I am an internal medicine physician from the United States of America. I've owned my own clinic and I've been medical director of two different clinics, as well as being an attending physician for medical students over the last 19 years. I'm here to tell you that there is no worldwide pandemic for COVID-19. We're using testing mechanisms called PCR that have never been indicated or created to diagnose any infection. This is not the way we should be diagnosing. In addition, hospitals and doctors are getting financial incentives to diagnose COVID-19. On top of that, we have multiple lab errors happening around the world over and over, indicating more false positives. On top of that, I am here to tell you that I will not take the COVID-19 vaccine and I will not recommend the COVID-19 vaccine for any of my patients. This vaccine is experimental on the human race because they are proposing to use modified messenger RNA or modified DNA synthetic to the human body. This is the first time ever this will ever be launched on the human race. We don't know what, what could happen to us. In addition, they're proposing to use nanolipid technology or nanotechnology 
and the human race as well. There are so many different awful things that can happen to us and we need to investigate this before we go forward. This is my alarm call to the world. Hello, I'm Santa de Boet. I'm a freelance journalist and I represent Children's Health Defense in Europe with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. We want to alert you to the fact that the current COVID vaccines are an experimental product based on the injection of genetic material into our cells. And the risk of using these new technologies on humans and the environment are unknown, while they could have irreversible consequences. In April, the Pandemic Accelerator Act of the European Union allowed vaccine producers to have a free pass for safety. And on July 15th, the European Parliament agreed to remove the need of risk evaluation requested under the GMO regulations. That decision was made in 10 days. There were no scientific reports, no hearings in health commission, no debate and no amendments prior to this vote. So Children's Health Defense Europe has asked for the annulment of this decision in the European Court of Justice in Luxembourg. Please share this information as it is extremely important to understand that the current COVID vaccines are not proven safe. Our legislators have abandoned the principle of precaution by putting blind faith in a dangerous experiment. Our legislators have abandoned the principle of precaution, says freelance journalist Senta Deputitz in a statement that I found to be quite ironic. Did you notice that? I mean, up until now, officials have been ramping up the precautionary principle to outrageous extremes, arguing, you know, safety first via lockdowns and mask mandates and social distancing. Still, this is yet another reversal of logic and justification for their actions. The precautionary principle was only useful when it served their ends. It's not useful when it doesn't serve their ends. I noted, too, that she was associated with Robert Kennedy's organization. Um, I think she called it Children's Health Defense in Europe. And I have to tell you from what I've seen and heard so far, Kennedy seems to be well-informed and quite outspoken about the risks of these vaccines and has been so for quite some time. Now, here are some of the key points I think we heard from the last three voices. And the main points are, you know, vaccines are not safe. COVID is not a real medical epidemic. The PCR test is fatally flawed. How often do we hear that? We're hearing, remember, we're hearing this from independent people. These people weren't sitting together in a room. They all gave their statements from their own homes or offices or wherever they were around the world. Now, here are some more voices speaking out against the COVID scam, this time not from the Ask the Experts video. Because on this side of our upcoming bumper appearing in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Dr. Leans Wheeler, and on the return side of our bumper, we'll be hearing part of a speech that was written and delivered by the Nurses' Union in Edmonton, and which was, of course, also taken down by the various social media platforms. You know, I don't know what's worse. All the censorship or the official COVID narrative itself. Our uh, third expert that uh, traveled from not New York or Michigan, but right here from the Pittsburgh area here in Pennsylvania, 
and has been with us before. We appreciate him coming back to the Capitol today to share his expertise. Dr. Lyons Weiler is a research scientist, author, and president and CEO of the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. Thank you, Doctor, for coming. Thank you. Representative Metcalf, I want to thank the media for being here and thank everyone online for sharing this across all social platforms. Uh, I'm an objective research scientist and I have two main points that I want to drive home. The first one is the number 21%. I want you to remember that number and write it down. It's a very, very important number to you if you're an American citizen. The second thing that I want to say is I'm not here in support of any particular bill. I run a not-for-profit, but I can condemn the politicization of your health and shame on you if you have changed your position or held on to a position in the light of evidence from data from studies that tell you that your position is wrong simply because you disagree with President Trump. Shame on you. You're hurting people. You're hurting society. You're destroying businesses. Shame on you. Now that I got that out, I can talk about some science. Okay. Historically, uh, vaccines for coronaviruses have had a terrible safety record. There is a condition known as disease enhancement due to pathogenic priming. And this was discovered in vaccinated animals in past vaccine safety studies when they did conduct vaccine safety studies on animals on coronavirus vaccines, where vaccinated animals got more serious disease after being vaccinated and then when they acquired an infection from the wild-type vaccine, more of animals got serious infections, serious conditions, and more animals died. In my peer-reviewed research, prior to the development of any COVID vaccines, I found that all but one of the proteins in the SARS-CoV-2 virus have what we call unsafe epitopes, right? Which are parts of proteins that are capable of causing immune conditions, autoimmune conditions, and immune responses against proteins in our own body. This is peer-reviewed research, and I'll be happy to provide the press with reference after this. About a third of the proteins that might be targeted by autoimmune conditions by SARS-CoV-2 viral proteins, either through infection or injection, target the immune system. But from the start, it looks like this virus has evolved the ability to attack our immune system as part of its disease-causing capacity. This pathogenic priming, I, pre I predicted in my study which parts of the human body would likely be most affected by pathogenic priming. And now studies by medical physicians, by medical teams around the world are confirming my predictions. This is not simply a respiratory virus with, with respiratory uh, symptoms. This affects many tissues across the body, and there's some grave concern if you're going to get infected. But where's the grave concern if you're going to be injected with these same proteins? Not a single, to my knowledge, not a single vaccine manufacturer took heed of my warning to remove those unsafe epitopes from the vaccines before they formulated their vaccines. In spite of being emailed my study with a plea to please consider taking out those unsafe epitopes. Your body has 500,000 pe peptides throughout your life. The coronavirus has something like 28 proteins. What's the probability that there's going to be many proteins that match at small segments of immunogenic epitopes? Very high. We now have results from front-runner vaccines from these hybrid trials where they skipped over the animals' trials. FDA, in it absolutely ignoring safety margin in a stunning decision, decided to allow 
Moderna and other vaccine manufacturers to skip the most important step in vaccine safety for coronavirus, which is the animal trials, to see if there's pathogenic priming, to see if this particular vaccine or that particular vaccine might cause serious problems through pathogenic priming. At the beginning of this time period uh, where, where I'm speaking, I said to remember the percentage 21%. The only single data point, the datum that we have on what percentage of patients exposed human patients exposed to a coronavirus vaccine have had serious adverse events is from the Moderna trial and that number is 21 percent. 21 percent of people are having serious adverse events from this vaccine in that trial. The other ones haven't published their data yet to the point where we can understand that. They, they, like, uh, like Dr. New said, they're supposed to be transparent. But, you know, I'm, I'm really upset as a professional scientist and as a citizen that our public health officials have not given, given you the good word. The good word that is now absolutely mundane routine medical care to take care of a patient with coronavirus. It is absolutely known that you should not put them on the full ventilator uh, pressure. That's what killed most people in New York City. It is absolutely known that corticosteroids now take care of the autoimmune-like conditions that people are experiencing that I predicted in my study. So those high incidences of autoimmunity from a treatment, not a vaccine, a treatment, a medical treatment, they're now routinely used across the United States. The, pe the public needs to understand that tens of thousands and soon hundreds of thousands of medical doctors around the world are going to join me and others in condemning the politicization of coronavirus and public health in general, including vaccines. All right, so now we have, up, we have really good news. Why do we not hear good news on treatments from our public health officials? Shame on them. They're keeping people in fear, intentionally. Why? It's fair enough to speculate that perhaps after the election we will see a disappearance of their concern over coronavirus. Our reaction to coronavirus has already been worse than the virus itself. A terrorist could never succeed as well at shutting down businesses with a bomb in the United States as we have by this ridiculous, inaccurate testing, Dr. Singh Hang Lee from Milford, Connecticut, published a study that showed that the reference samples that are used to validate the COVID-19 test, 30% were false positives. When he sequenced the PCR product, 40% were false negatives. What are we doing with PCR testing? And then on top of it, we're bringing quaternary ammonium compounds into schools. I'm going to spell a name for you. H-R-U-B-E-C, Terry Krubik, the H is not pronounced, Terry Rubik. She did studies of these cleaners that we're bringing into the schools and we're spraying all over the schools every day or every week to fight coronavirus. She found in mice neural tube defects to the rate of 15% of the pups and a reduction in the reproductive capacity of both male and female mice of 50%. What are we doing to our children, exposing them to these cleaners that might shut down their reproduction, that might harm their immune systems, that might cause their children for two generations to be less reproductively capable, for two generations to have neural tube defects. And the last thing I want to say, that the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program itself, I believe, is corrupt. I was an expert in that program, and I quit that program after a special master attempted to bribe me to change my testimony for payment. And you put that on the record, on top of it, the probability of anybody getting, uh, you, you have no chance in the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program because H, you, you heard earlier, HHS, 
determines which vaccine injuries are real, HHS is the defendant in the case. HHS writes its own hit ticket to what you can charge it with. It's like me robbing a bank and saying, you can't charge me for taking the 50s. I'm writing the rules in my own courtroom. That, that system is so, so backwards, it's unbelievable. healthcare professionals that work at a hospital here in Edmonton. We are frontline staff providing direct patient care in the ICUs, wards and throughout the hospital. Here we are once again preparing for another surge. The fear mongering has started again but much worse. We are flooded with emails about the rising case numbers and how many of these patients will require hospitalization based on models. Where are these models coming from? There are empty beds and open units all over the hospital. The ICUs are near capacity because they always are. It is rare to have empty beds in an ICU. The hospital is not overcrowded. This has become a toxic environment. We are no longer allowed to sit next to one another. They have shut down staff gyms indefinitely. They closed common areas for breaks and removed seating. All water fountains remain covered in plastic. They have redeployed staff to job duties that are out of scope with no clear direction on when they will return to their usual jobs. We must wear a mask at all times, no exceptions, no matter what. Mask exemptions do not apply. Many, many, many people are having horrible skin conditions, breathing difficulties, and other health concerns as a result. It has become a tattletale culture where staff are encouraged to remind each other how to properly wear their mask. It doesn't matter if we can't breathe. They feel it is acceptable to wear the same mask for the duration of your shift, regardless of how dirty, sweaty, and bacteria infested it has become. We have mandatory eye protection in addition to continuous masking. Some are provided with light safety glasses while others are forced to wear full face shields. So now we cannot breathe and we cannot see. What you see on the news is wrong. Yes, the hospitals are busy. They are always busy. Yes, some departments are short-staffed. That is completely normal. Perhaps if we used a more common sense or even scientific approach to dealing with potential staff exposures, we wouldn't have so many workers home on isolation when they absolutely do not need to be.
It seems as though management is creating problems to justify all these heavy restrictions. Since the number of hospitalized COVID patients do not align with the mainstream media's version of this pandemic. <laughs> Stories are being twisted. Numbers are being projected. Patient care is suffering and staff morale in the health system has never been lower. We used to be so proud to do the work that we do and felt so fulfilled in helping others. Now everyone is afraid, angry and burnt out. Now, thanks to the media, we absolutely cannot speak up. We cannot have an opinion. We are vilified for supporting protests or believing that these measures have gone too far. We cannot stray from the narrative of fear being shoved down our throats, that we are in the midst of this pandemic that is putting incredible strain on our healthcare system. The system is creating this. And now we're labeled as anti-maskers. We work in a hospital. We are trained to use masks. We know how they work. They are very beneficial in the right circumstance and for the proper reasons. We are trained, retrained, and in some, in some professions, even examined on proper donning and doffing. Some of you may question why we are afraid to speak up or why we are not doing more to alert people about what is going on. Some of us have worked our lives to get where we are today. We have spent years in education and training. We have pride in our jobs. We love what we do, what we truly enjoy, and we are passionate about a career which we have worked so hard for. Healthcare professionals in every niche are being threatened with disciplinary action, not just with the loss of their job, but with the loss of their professional license. While many hospital workers, unfortunately, are consumed by the fear which management has instilled upon them, we know there are others like us who believe that our own health decisions should be made by our own selves. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And that was Karen Dixon speaking on behalf of the Nurses Union in Edmonton, who was also referred to by Polly St. George in our earlier audio bite. And that was just a small portion of her talk. Fear is not only the virus, it is the weapon of choice being wielded by our politicians and sick healthcare bureaucrats. 
I'm holding the front page of the December 10th London Free Press in my hands. The bold headline reads, Second Wave Pounds Area, while the second headline accompanying the article reads, Record 10,000 plus people tested for COVID-19 in London last week. Well, as we all know by now, it's only the tests that have created the second wave, a wave of false statistics to which we're all expected to jump. Four of the record-setting tallies have occurred in the last 10 days, just one part of a worsening situation drawing a public warning from an area hospital executive. I mean, how ridiculous can you get? Give me a break. Yes, I know the stats are all BS, but you know, even if the stats actually represented some kind of real health threat based on a virus pandemic, that would in no way justify any of the actions being undertaken by our governments and by their ludicrous rulings and regulations. The fact that the stats are meaningless merely adds insult to injury. Know that when they develop this, it's under the umbrella of the 2005 PREP Act. They have complete liability protection. You can't sue them and you have no recourse if this vaccine harms you. They have been trying to develop a coronavirus vaccine since 2002, since we had SARS. And every animal study that they've done, particularly the ferrets, the ferret study, which the ferrets immune system most uh, mimics the uh, human adult immune system, ferret studies, rabbits and uh, rat studies, all the animals ended up with a paradoxical immune response in which the antibody levels that were very high actually accelerated the infection, made it much worse and allowed the pieces of the virus to go inside of the cell and be incorporated into the DNA of the recipient of that vaccine by a process called transduction. That transduction irreversibly puts that virus, snip of virus into your DNA and transforms your cells. And that was American doctor Sherry Tenpenny describing what makes this COVID-19 concoction so different from what people have been accustomed to calling a vaccine. Now, here's a small portion of Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson's interview with Sarah Tujuian of Nurses Against Lockdown on her show of December 10th. I want to take a look at uh, our first clip today, and this is uh, the woman who's going to speak to us today. She first spoke out at a rally in Toronto, and she shared some information, and then it all went bad from there. So let's take a look at this. Our elderly are being treated like prisoners in solitary confinement. The lockdowns have been detrimental to their well-being. Some have died of broken hearts and many others of failure to thrive. I found a letter of appreciation that Carolyn Turek, an MD, wrote to Randy Hillier, and I couldn't agree with it more. It said, the elderly do not want to stay alive at all costs. They want quality of life and to be close to their families and caregivers. Studies show that the more social and emotional engagement people have, the more resistant they are to viruses, end quote. Why on earth are we doing the opposite of what we know to be right? It's becoming increasingly clear that there's a big hidden agenda. These are crimes against humanity. Nobody has the right to tell us when and where we see our loved ones, ever. 
Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I appreciate your bravery. I want to say right off the bat that there are some things that maybe you can say and some things that you can't say because of what you're facing right now. But if you could take me back to that day where you spoke, uh, you still had your job at that time, right, Sarah? Yes. Well, it was under investigation already. Right. So you spoke out and then uh, t tell me sort of uh, some of the things that you were saying there is that you were seeing that loved ones and, and the elderly who you were responsible for, there's something wrong with what is going on in the name of the protection from COVID-19. Well, I've been concerned from the beginning. I mean, of course, we want to protect our elderly and the most vulnerable. But at this point, it's becoming increasingly difficult to understand why we're doing this to um, the elderly. They're not doing well. Their health is going down. It's not it's more harmful than good. Were they are they giving the seniors every day? Do they get a good dose of vitamin C and vitamin D? In the nursing home that I work in, on my floor, every single person gets uh, vitamin D. And like I said, there was no COVID cases uh, when I worked. Okay. Ever. And what about vitamin C, zinc? Is that given to seniors? Yes. yes. Vitamin D is for sure, for sure. Uh, zinc we usually give if they have wounds or other things. There's, there is nutritionists and people following them, so different needs. Yes, and I they're prefer. not using hydroxychloroquine that I know of. Did you know of anyone who used hydroxychloroquine? Not here in Canada, but, but a funny story. I've been to Nigeria twice, and uh, hydrochloroquine is sold on the corners uh, store over there, and it seems like uh, people are not and, dying. And they are not of, getting sick there. No, because they take it for prevention. Even And they say it's dangerous, but um, <laughs> the, the kids take this for prevention. They call it Sunday medication. Um, I hope the audience is hearing this. It. So hydroxychloroquine is in, you know, all kinds of places, Uganda, uh, across Africa as an anti-malarial, and they therefore have barely any COVID-19, uh, exactly. you know, outbreaks. And so I have personally been on hydroxychloroquine for close to 15 years, and it's actually a prophylactic. So I'm probably very, very safe. Frontline workers in parts of the world will be taking this. Yet here in Canada, if we do have an outbreak, so now we're shutting people out from being with their, you know, with their families, all right, causing anxiety. They're dying anyways of loneliness and depression. And what we think we're doing the right thing by our seniors here. I just wanted to talk quickly about the the so-called vaccine because it's not a traditional vaccine. You read the documentation that comes with it, you read what they've actually put out there in public and you start to understand that it's it's like a it's a genetic mRNA experimental therapeutic more than it is a traditional vaccine. Now, the Ford government here in Ontario has decided that it would be unconstitutional to demand that people get vaccines. And supposedly the people who are going to save us from Horwath, I remember I went, to, um, I went to an event where Doug Ford was speaking, and he was you know, giving a little bit of a pep talk. I actually think it was the last campaign stop before the election. And so he's talking about the NDP and everything else, and I yelled out from the crowd, I'm just like, they're a bunch of communists. 
And Ford said, yeah, a lot of them are. And I remember that moment very clearly. Turns out that Doug Ford believes in communism too. Turns out that if you don't want to take this experimental therapeutic that they're calling a vaccine, but I've read the documentation. I don't want to be a guinea pig. So because I don't want to be a guinea pig, even though I'm a healthy individual, no criminal record, all that stuff, the Ford government is saying, we're not going to make you take it. But we're going to make sure that if you don't take it and you don't have your papers, you don't have your star David. Somebody said to me uh, that maybe I shouldn't have used the star David analogy. It's the same thing, folks. It's, it's papers, please. This is, this is what they're doing. Otherwise, healthy, lawful people are going to have their papers demanded. And if you don't have your papers, you don't get to go to the grocery store. You don't get to go inside. You can't go into Walmart. You can't go into Costco. You can't go into the medical center. You, you can't go to school. They're going to put all these restrictions on your movement because you don't want a vaccine. This has never happened before. And now Canada has set up a vaccine injury fund. Now, remember, the companies that are developing the vaccine want immunity from liability if they cause harm. They want immunity up front. And the governments have largely said, yeah, we're going to do it. So anyway, Trudeau and his money printing ways, he's going to unleash this experimental product on the public. And if you have a reaction, if you have a vaccine injury, the taxpayer is going to foot the bill for you. So instead of the companies, they're going to be protected by the liberal government by using your dollars to pay for the people they potentially screw up. And if you don't want this procedure in Doug Ford's conservative Ontario, you're going to be ostracized. You're going to be labeled. You're going to be demeaned. How long before we have a vaccine Christian knock? How long before? I can't believe where we are. The government management of COVID-19 is far worse than COVID-19 itself everybody's going to be affected. Your rights are being stomped on. The charter's being thrown out. I can't believe that Christmas of 2019, looking back on the memory of what it was, looking back on how I felt, the conditions we were living under, I can't believe how past tense it is after one year. The world of the last decade might as well not exist anymore. It's been thrown out. Freedom is being denied. And at the same time, what we can talk about and the confines of acceptable speech are shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, which is why it's so important that we put our money where our mouths are. I can't believe... I can't believe for the life of me that this is what we're doing. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you, Frank. <laughs> that was Frank Vaughn from his YouTube presentation of December 12. You know, I really don't know how much more information and expertise it would ever take to get the COVIDiots <laughs> to even stop, to pause, and consider what real risks they are taking by wearing masks, social distancing, and of course by taking a vaccine for which all of the other force mandates were psychologically conditioning them. They've effectively 
volunteered to be high-risk guinea pigs in an experiment that can only benefit the sinister interests and large corporations that are raking in trillions of dollars at their expense. My name is Mikael Nordfors. I'm a medical doctor from Sweden and I'm working with integrative medicine and uh, there is no pandemic and uh, the vaccine is neither safe nor effective and to give a untested vaccine to entire humanity and use them as guinea pigs is complete madness and nothing else and we must stop it now and it's even more madness to give it to children when children don't suffer from COVID-19 nobody died under the age of 15 in my country so far and then there's only side effects and risks and costs and that's a waste of money and waste of human life and safety so stop it now. And I also bet that there will never be a vaccine as safe and effective as vitamin D that can reduce mortality between 50 and 95%, depending on the level of vitamin D you have in your blood. Thank you very much. My name's Sandy Luna, retired pharmacist, and I live in Norway. The COVID-19 vaccines are not proven safe or effective. I'll focus on just two safety issues. The vaccines carry the risk of immune enhancement. Instead of protecting against infection, the vaccine can actually make the disease worse when a vaccinated person is infected with the virus. Secondly, in the UK, the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency has made an urgent request, quote, the MHRA urgently seeks an artificial intelligence software tool to process the expected high volume of COVID-19 vaccine adverse drug reactions. So, nothing to worry about then, right? You know, having heard that, it seems to me that these COVID camps you're talking about are being set up right now in conjunction with the vaccine rollouts, to put those who have adverse reactions to the vaccines and to keep them out of sight of the rest of us. That's a place to put them. It also explains why the military is being deployed in this undertaking. Uniform and forceful measures, medical measures, are unethical and cannot be implemented on a defenseless population, neither as tests nor as vaccines. Any medical intervention, testing, treatment, or vaccine can only implement it in an ethical and legal way based on an individual medical consideration, well-informed patient consent, and clinical evidence of harmlessness beyond doubt. Thank you. That was Dr. Margarita Gries Brisson, a neurologist in Germany, who pretty much summed up the entire vaccine dilemma in a nutshell, didn't she? And I have to stress that what you heard on the show today was just the tiniest tip of a gigantic iceberg of true expertise from all dimensions of this pandemic. So I guess the question remains, how does one stay vaccinated against all of the viral misinformation, disinformation, and no information out there? by supporting all of the various voices you've just heard on this show and the many others who are doing the same. And of course, by joining us again next week when we'll continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, 
and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Avoid germs, gotta avoid germs. We're bad at avoiding germs. We're humans. We love germs. Everyone takes their phone to the toilet with them. We're not gonna survive. I, I hate germs, but I love Candy Crush, so I should take this germ transportation thing to the bathroom with me. And then as soon as I'm out of the bathroom, ring, ring, oh, hello. Hello.